You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Hoosier fans to another victorious episode of the assembly call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers go into Mackey Arena in West Lafayette and beat Purdue 79 to 71 outscoring the Boilermakers by 12 in the second half (laughs) in a game where Purdue's fouling us at the end of the game and we just have to make free throws to win it not, I think, a, a, a game flow that anybody expected with Trace Jackson Davis struggling to get going, only scoring 10 points. But Jalen hood Shafino etched his name in the history of this rivalry with his performance tonight. 35 points, 7 rebounds, and when nothing was going well for Indiana early in the game in the first half, he kept Indiana alive. And just gave Indiana enough space in the game to let other guys get going. And Trace would come back and get going. And other guys stepped up and made plays. Jalen kept Indiana afloat and made plays all game long in one of the best individual performances that this rivalry has ever seen. And something we're obviously going to talk about a lot tonight. The Hoosiers win 79-71. Indiana now 20-9 and on the season. 11-7 and in Big Ten play and prevented Purdue from securing at least a share of the Big Ten title tonight with this performance. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips, here with the coach Jeff Marlowe, and we are going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call. But let's start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And look, if you want to pick almost any moment from Jalen Huchofino tonight as your banner moment, that's fine, because Jalen Huchofino was unbelievable. And the truth is, you know, the thing about tonight's game that proved more than any other that you know this program, that this team is on track to hang another banner, is having a guy like Jalen Hochefino being able to recruit him and being able to put him in a position like he was tonight to play like this. But for my banner moment, I'm actually going with a play that Jalen wasn't involved in. And it's a play that Trey Galloway was involved in, who was absolutely unbelievable. With two minutes and 56 seconds left, Indiana up by nine. And it kind of felt like Purdue had one last gasp, maybe, to try to make this a game. Braden Smith drove on Trey. He did an unbelievable job of beating him to the baseline, not letting him get to the baseline and do one of his little wraparound passes or get a shot up, stayed disciplined, ended up forcing a tough shot, got the rebound, found Trace for the outlet in transition. It put Indiana up 73-62, and it kind of felt in the moment like it might be the dagger that ended the game. And that proved true because Purdue was never able to get closer than they were at the at the final buzzer, which was by eight. And it was a game of just tremendous plays by Trey Galloway, who finished with 13 points, four boards and five assists. And that's another big part of, hey, is this team ready for a tournament run? You got to get contributions from other guys on the road. Well, Trey Galloway stepped up. Miller Cop stepped up. Race Thompson stepped up. Guys stepped up tonight in a huge way with Trace Jackson Davis not giving you his normal production. And because everybody else stepped up, Indiana gets their most impressive win of the season, the biggest win of the Mike Woodson era, and they sweep Purdue and put themselves in a better position for seeding because this is now one of the most impressive wins that anyone's had all season long. Uh, Just a great, great night for your Indiana Hoosiers. And I'm just, and I know I speak on behalf of everybody, I am just so damn proud of this team and this program for how hard they played and how tough they played tonight, as we'll get into. That is such a big part of the reason why they won. And Trey Galloway was there with the physical toughness all night. Jalen Hutcherfano brought the mental toughness. This team came to win, 
and they did. All right, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Yes, our banner moment tonight, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, now in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their second as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And Home Field, you know, they just keep doing it. Earlier this week, they put out a shirt commemorating the IU women's basketball team winning the outright Big Ten title. I ordered mine. I hope you ordered yours because I know they have limited qualities. But there's a men's shirt. There's a women's fitted shirt. There's a youth shirt. So there's something there for everybody. And I know people are saying I'm waiting for, you know, a Final Four shirt or something else. Buy them all. We do not support a scarcity mindset here with Home Field Apparel. We only support the mindset of people like Coach Tonsoni and Galen Clavio who buy everything. And that's what you should do at Home Field Apparel. Just buy everything. The promo code is HOME, H-O-M-E. That will give you 15% off. And as you know, I continue to wear my women's basketball shirt from 1983. Got it on right now. It's providing good luck, good vibes for this team all season long. Uh, But the great thing about Home Field Apparel is it's not just IU gear. Anybody on your list who you need to buy something for, if they like college sports, there's going to be something there. I was just on there when I was buying my women's basketball shirt, and they've got a new quarter zip for Colorado where my dad went, so I bought that for him. You can knock out a whole lot of shopping when you're at home field because they've got something for everybody. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your first order. That's homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, gentlemen. Well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And, Ryan, we will start with you. Not a whole lot to rant about tonight, man, but what's on your mind after that victory? No, Indiana won that game because they were the tougher team. I mean, that's straight up what it was. They were more physical. Uh, mentally, they were tougher. They handled Mackey's a, a tough atmosphere to play in, according to, to people who play there. And, you know, let's also look. Purdue shot 33 free throws to Indiana's 12, and they didn't let it bother them, and they just outworked them. And, and you know, whether it was we, we've been begging role players to step up on the road. Miller Cop, 13 points. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, kind of a role player tonight. 10 points. Trey Galloway, 13. Uh, of course, Jalen Huchifino, we're going to talk about him more. That's got to be the first thing we talk about after this segment. But, um, you know, it just it was toughness. They were more physical. They came out in the second half and were just the more physical team. And one of the things that happened uh, at Assembly Hall that was striking considering Indiana won the game is Purdue out rebounded the hell out of Indiana. And tonight, Indiana, they, they beat them again, but Indiana didn't give up that much off the boards other than a few to Edie. You know, there weren't these extended long possessions off of rebounds. Um, it just felt like they didn't get as dominated. I mean, they did. Purdue beat them on the boards by a wide margin, but it didn't feel like they were getting crushed by it. It really didn't. And, and I think that it felt like at Assembly Hall, the way that Purdue was getting its points was off of all of those second chances, especially in the second half when they made that run. Um, I just felt like Indiana was tougher. Indiana played harder. A lot of the hustle plays, a lot of 50-50 balls, they were on it. Um, just a smarter, tougher team tonight. I mean, Huchifino, to be that mentally tough at Mackey and to be closing that way and playing 40 minutes for a freshman is insane. He missed Jay Edwards' freshman scoring record by one point, I believe. Was it 36 mm. Edwards had? Um just a just a fantastic performance. I think it's it's the best win of the Mike Woodson era because of it's on the road. It's against the, the top ranked team in the Big Ten. It's against the first place team in the Big Ten, and it's against your rival. 
And you didn't play very well in the first half. I mean, really, they were close and they played tough, but they just didn't have they weren't running smooth stuff. Their defense lost guys at times. And then they just came out in the second half and it felt like they just kept them at arm's length the entire time. It's all about hustle. It's all about toughness. And, and it was really a great performance. You know, ever since he told us in the offseason that Trey Galloway was the third most indispensable player on this roster, it seems like every time Trey has a huge game, Coach Marlowe is here to take your, to take his victory lap. So, Coach Marlowe, take another well-earned victory lap because Trey was awesome tonight. <laughs> well, it, excuse me. It definitely helps, you know, when he plays better to make me look <laughs> like I, would, I knew something when I made that prediction. Hey, he's just the toughest kid. I agree with Ryan. I want to go back and, Jared, you talk about, you know, the meme or the, the, the banner moment. I, the play that really stood out to me was he missed it, but when Galloway went to posterize Edie on the dunk, that's the mindset that kid plays with. And we all would have put that on our computers and our phones if he'd actually made it. Because it's a Victor would, Oladipo special, a great oh. dunk that almost was. <laughs> yes, it was. I agree. But, I will, but, but you know, it, it, and it just was and, – and, and think back, and I'm not trying to be a negative Nelly here, but just think back where we were six weeks ago questioning the toughness of this team physically, mentally, their heart. We're not doing that anymore. And, and, and we saw some guys, we had some guys out. We only had 10 guys dressed. We really only played, what, six, maybe six and a half guys in the second half tonight because Geronimo got a short little run. But other than that, Renew was the only one who really, I think, came off the bench in the second half. And so we did it even a little bit underhanded. Trace looks like he just is something's bothering him again. And, you know, I think maybe his back is bothering him again. Or maybe he's just got the flu, a sickness and, you know, he'll be better by Tuesday and we'll, we'll be all right. But but I will say this. I did think the rebounding was killing us. I, I thought the rebound, because it, it, it led to the free throw discrepancy, in my opinion. It did. A lot, of, it did. A, lot of our, a lot of our fouls came on the second and third chances. But, boy, just I agree with Ryan wholeheartedly. And I know that you know, that probably doesn't make for a good podcast when I'm agreeing with Ryan. But they uh, just tough, just mentally and physically tough. When I felt like Purdue, I told my son and my wife as we were watching the game together, it was like, Got to get a bucket. I think it was like an it's, it's eight point game. And like, we got to get a bucket here because the crowd, you could just kind of get the sense the Purdue crowd wanted to erupt. They wanted to get in the game. And we did. We got a bucket, pushed it back to 10. And then I really felt, you know, pretty good about that from the rest of the point on. But just, just tough kids tonight. Now we got to back it up. You know, we got, you can't go on, you know, we got to win these next two at home. No, no, no. Let's linger on this one for a little while. We're not worried. We're not, yeah, we're no, not worried about shouldn't. the next two. The team shouldn't. You guys, it's you get an hour. You get the you get the ride home. Yeah, they get the ride home. On. Let them enjoy on, this one. Yeah, they earned. The one. They earned can, a little bit. We here. can bask in this. Uh, Man. By the way, first win against a ranked team at Mackey for Indiana since 1999. It's about time, man. We needed yeah. to get, you know, we needed to get a sweep in this series and beat them up there. This kind of brings things back to where they should be. But, Ryan, let's talk some more about Jalen Huchifino because, you know, as tough as Indiana played and all these things that we want to talk about, and those things are all hugely foundational for why Indiana won this game. The biggest reason why Indiana won this game is because Jalen Huchifino was the best player on the floor with two All-Americans, and he's not one of the All-Americans. You know, he was just unbelievable. And, you know, what you saw a lot in the first half is Indiana unable to get the ball in, in you know, to trace in places where he could really do anything. Um, and so Jalen just kind of had to take it on himself, and he did it. And it was one of those games where he was making a lot of his mid-range shots. I thought he did a much better job tonight of not settling for the first mid-range shot he got, but being patient with his dribble. He drove in some. 
you know, he got himself to the free throw line. Now, I know a couple of those were late, but he got himself to the free throw line more through the normal flow of the game. Yeah. Uh, and really, that helped open things up in the second half because they had to overplay him so much. And he still was able to score. Yeah. You know, so he, you know, just did such a tremendous job of providing an offensive lift. And look, you know, he only has two assists tonight. But again, you know, I know he is, quote unquote, the point guard and he is. But there have just been so many games this season where because there haven't been other guys scoring, that's the role he's had to take is I got to go score and get points. And, and boy, did he do that tonight in, in so many important ways for Indiana. Yeah, tonight he took on the role of a combo guard and because he had to. That's what the defense was giving him. And I will say this about him for how much he had the ball and playing 40 minutes. The fact that he only had three turnovers as a freshman on the road in that environment against a top five team is is the most to me. That's the most impressive stat. Forget the points Forget anything else. He handled the night really well. And when you do that, when he does that, good things happen, whether it's scoring, whether it's distributing, whatever the scoring comes as a result of that. And and I, I will say this. You know, nothing against Purdue's guards, but he's clearly very comfortable against Purdue's guards. And he walks in there knowing I'm better than these guys and I'm going to beat them. Yep. And and I think it's the way Trace walks in against other big men in the Big Ten other than Edie. And Edie, you know, he has confidence to get Edie against Edie. He just didn't have it tonight. But the, you know, Trace walks into games is like, I'm just going to dominate this guy. You guys cool with that? I'm just going to dominate him. And, and that was what Jalen did tonight. It's a lot of those long twos that he loves to take. But if he gets room in that off of two bounces, you know, off the screen, take a bounce or two, and he's got room there, that's like a layup for him. I mean, you know, he's just so well-schooled in it. And you tell guys not to take long twos. Long twos are bad when you miss them. When you make them, it's the same as a layup. You know, I mean, you don't want, you don't, that's not the shot you want to take efficiency-wise. But if you're that good at them, Take as many as you want if you've got them. Now, there's a night like against Maryland where you don't have it. Maybe get to the rim. But what but, I love. But, but here's him- the thing. Here's the thing. You know, you do want to take them. But what I've, I've thought for Indiana was a big part of the formula is replace a few of the long ones early in the shot clock with threes yes. or probing more to get sure. inside. And even I, I though he took you. 24 shots, he did that. Like, that's what yeah. I mean. I, I feel Agreed. like on a normal night, he could have taken 30 and he passed yeah. up some to be more patient. And you know what? You know what he started doing? People were complaining about this, and I'm sure it showed up on film, but Miller Cop was wide open from three a lot against Michigan State, and Jalen missed him because Jalen is very zeroed into what the offense is, which is, and it's because he's taught this way. It's, it's I'm going to shoot, or I'm lobbing to Trace, or I'm setting a pass to Trace, or I'm going same side to, to whoever's here as the last outlet option. Miller Cop on the opposite side was open a lot against Michigan State. Tonight, Jalen found him. And yep. what happens there is if that guy, that opposite guy starts hitting threes, they cannot help as much down, and the paint opens up, whether it's for a jumper, a lob, a floater, whatever. It opens things up for everybody. It opens you up for second-chance points off rebounds. And so when he started kicking opposite, Purdue had to respect it because Miller can shoot and spaced out more. It was a smart adjustment from Indiana that was clearly on film this week, and they clearly schooled it. And now they're going to start looking for it. It's what we've been begging for. Run some action, but have your three-point guy be the option. Be an option there. And they did it tonight. And they went 7 to 15 from three. And a lot of that was by distribution. They only had two assists, but there was a lot of good distribution going on and a lot of moving the defense as opposed to letting the defense just keep falling back and beating them that way. So it was an incredible night, but it wasn't just the scoring. It was just how he handles himself and how he handles himself defensively as well fantastic night from Jalen Hitchfino. The best we'll see from a freshman in a long time, unless he tops it later this year. But uh, just just fantastic to do it in that situation against that team.
No, I mean, he showed incredible leadership on the road as a freshman. I mean, just the mental toughness to do what he did. You know, and I've got to say this about Trace. You know, again, not the huge statistical game from him, although 10 points, eight boards, and seven assists with only one turnover is nothing to sneeze at. And he actually yeah. got a little bit of rest because he only – If he doesn't he sit for seven minutes, it's a triple-double. <laughs> yeah, but, but here's what I want to say about him, Coach, which is, you know, you know coming into a game like this, you know, where it's mano a mano, Trace and Edie, and he knows all of that, and he knows that there's a possibility that he could put himself in a position for player of the year stuff. It would be natural for a guy who's struggling to start pressing and try to get his numbers, not just selfishly, but just thinking, hey, I'm the leader here. I've got to get the numbers. And I thought Trace's ability in the second half to find a way to impact the game, but not kind of take it out of Jalen's hands showed a lot of leadership, too. You know, he, he, he forced the issue in terms of, you know, getting more rebounds and, you know, kind of finding a way to be a little bit more persistent with his dribble to get himself in position. But he didn't force a whole bunch of shots and do stuff outside of the offense when his numbers weren't matching up to Edie's. And I think in its own way, that was great leadership by Trace Jackson Davis, you know, to kind of do what the game called for uh, and make enough winning plays. But understanding this was a night when Jalen kind of had him. You know, and the other guys were doing well enough. He didn't have to press. That, to me, impressed me a lot from Trace tonight. I think it shows the maturity in him as a player, Jared. I think two years ago, he wouldn't have been that kind of player. I think he, you would have seen him pressing to try and put and get some stats and, and, and feel like he had to do it or no, somebody else would. Nobody else would. Maybe even a year ago, he might have tried to play that way. And I thought the guys on the broadcast made a good point. I, mean, I think it was Jimmy Jackson specifically who made a comment that that's another sign of leadership that Trace Jackson Davis probably in, in his own head knew he didn't quite have it tonight, but yet he did the other things. He played solid D. I know he ended up with four fouls, but I thought he played solid D. He had, like you said, the eight rebounds, the seven assists. So he was doing things that helped his team win and he didn't force things. And, it, and I think going into that, like Jimmy Jackson said, everybody was talking about that matchup. Game day pro, you know, promoted it this morning on, on ESPN and, and such. So I, I just I totally agreed with that assessment. And I think that's just the growth that we've seen in Trace Jackson Davis that he now also trusts the guys around him to be like, you know what? They can make plays. And especially once Jalen got going tonight. And, and I want to say something about what Ryan was talking about, just the way he played. Yeah, I mean, just – for your freshman point guard to have that kind of maturity and to learn from his mistakes. I mean, a lot of times we see freshman point guards keep making the same mistake after same mistake. It, they need, it almost has to get to that sophomore year before they learn. You're seeing Jalen learn. I watched the same thing. I thought Ryan was spot on with that from the other night at Michigan State. There were a couple of times we saw Miller was visibly frustrated wide that open. he didn't get the ball because he was wide open. And I love the adjustments that they made tonight. I want to also talk about, maybe not here, but a little bit later. I thought Mike Woodson made one hell of a defensive adjustment at the half, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Well, and the other thing I want to talk about here before we get out of the first segment, because to me, it's one of the biggest storylines in the game. And Coach, who was there, Coach Tonsoni was there in Mackey and texted us, Ryan, about this several times, about just how physical Indiana was playing. You could all see over the court. And look, you know, when you do that, you know, you can put yourself in a bind because it can lead to foul trouble. And Indiana got in foul trouble. Cop finishes with four fouls, Trace with four, Race with four, Malik with four. You know, no one fouled out. Malik also, is usual four, though. That yeah, shouldn't. I know. Um, you know, Purdue gets 33 free throws because of that. But it's a trade-off you made because it looked by the end of the game like Purdue was just kind of out of fight. 
You know, it really did. I mean, and what has defined this rivalry for years is Purdue being the more physically and mentally tough team. How many times have we come out of this freaking game and said, well, they just played harder and tougher than we did? And I thought tonight for 40 minutes, Indiana brought the fight, you know, and, you know, so we can, as we were in the text chain, Ryan quibbling over a few foul calls and coaches basically saying, well, we're fouling them on almost every possession because we're playing so physical. Um, and that's, I feel, oh. you know, that's what we needed to do. It was a clear part of the game plan. Um, and Indiana was able to do it and tow that line just enough, you know, to be able to yeah. do it in a winning way instead of it, you know, backfiring. But I thought well, that toughness and just, you know, just the grip for 40 minutes was just such a huge foundational part of what, you know, gave Indiana the opportunity to compete in an environment like that. Yeah, I mean, and, and this isn't, I mean, Purdue's a really good team. I'm, I'm not going to say, but they are softer than they usually are. And it's probably because they have those two freshman guards that are, you know, they, you can push them around a little bit. In two years, you're probably not going to be able to do that to them. But they don't have any guys. I mean, first tries to be kind of a, a, a tough guy, but he's kind of clumsy Gillis. about it. Gillis, Gillis, yeah, really but he doesn't. Pl- they don't play him that much anymore. Like, I don't know why he's, you know, they don't utilize him very much anymore. Um, but, you know, Trey Kaufman, uh, Ren is not super tough. He kind of flops around out there and kind of bumps into guys. And you tried to lower his shoulder into race and got called for it because it was very obvious. That's you're trying to be tough there. But they don't have the Travion Williams kind of guy that, you you know, you don't want to get in a phone booth with. Edie's one thing. He's a big dude who's who's tough to control. But it just doesn't feel like they have that grit that they usually do. They play more of a finesse game. And Indiana is the opposite this year. And, and Indiana is the, has guys you don't want to get in a, you know, in a fight with. And um, so I, I just think that showed tonight and, and, and look, Purdue is a, a really good team has won a lot of games this year and will continue to win games. But I just thought Indiana in this matchup on paper, you look at this matchup, you think Purdue's got the seven, four guy who can score wherever he wants. It's tough to beat them, but Indiana just plays them harder. They just play them tougher. They've got their number this year. And and I in Bloomington, Purdue made a big run in the second half because Indiana was up, what, like 18 at one point? Yep. Purdue made a big run in the second half and, and closed that game, and it got close. But Indiana just, you know, when it needed to, seems to always make a play against these guys this year. Seems to always, every run, you can get to five points, you get to six points, but then Indiana answers, whether it's a, a Hutchfino pull-up, a Galloway three-something. Trace had a, a putback at one point, like, they're just they're they're able to overcome things that they have, that this program has not seen a team able to do that since 2016 and they're able to do it and and they do it with confidence and they always believe they're going to win and even some of the games they've lost the belief is there and that's why they won tonight they just thought they were better than Purdue and they they played harder than them and they played more composed and, and, you know, coach Marlowe, you look they at, you look at Jalen and Trey, what was the big storyline in Bloomington was the turnovers for Purdue, you know, and Braden Smith and Fletcher lawyer, as good as they've been this year, really kind of struggling in that game to get any kind of flow going. And look, you know, Trey's been around, he's a veteran, but Jalen's just a freshman. Those two guys played 78 minutes tonight. Trey Galloway sat for two minutes. They combined for three turnovers between them. Indiana only had eight turnovers. So we'll get into this in numbers, but you want to know how you make up for a massive rebounding margin. You protect the possessions that you get and run efficient offense, which Indiana did. And so, you know, coach, it's been, you know, I think a lot of us expected, I expected to come out of this game being like, 
you know, Dan, that's another one where we really could have used X, you know, because you think back to how much how well X played in West Lafayette last season, you know, when he and Trace had the pick and roll going and he was so composed and we've had issues, you know, where it's really felt like having a third ball handler would help. And Jalen and Trey just did it all. I mean, you know, they handled the press when Purdue tried to pressure more in the second half. They handled that, did it all without turning it over, especially there at the end when Purdue was trying to trap and pick up full court more. And they were just under control. And Trey has really found a way, a much better way to balance just balls to the walls, all out effort all the time. But stopping now at like that split second before he's going to make the mistake. You know, like it really feels like he's kind of coming into his own here over these last few weeks. And he had been a guy who had really struggled to make an impact on the road. And now you're seeing him bring it even on the road like he did tonight. And that kind of development is just huge for what this team now can do down the stretch. Well, I think, Jared, what you're talking about is the fact that these two kids played so well tonight. It really allowed them to overcome what had been. We've been talking about this uh, in the media and you guys on the postgame shows about the kind of the splits we were having on the road compared to home. And I'll be the first to admit, Trey was one of those that did not have great splits on, on the road coming into tonight. But I thought Jalen and Trey did a great job. And, and, and one of the things that I've always liked about Trey, even from his freshman year, and Jared, you hit on it, sometimes you can get out of control. One thing I've really noticed this year about Trey, you don't see him jump the pass anymore. He used to yep. really get off, he'd get off his feet, he'd yep. get in the air, and then really wouldn't have anywhere to go with a pass. And then he'd be stuck and either turn it over on a, a travel or just throw it to somewhere because he had to get rid of it. But I, I just love the way, I've always liked the way he plays so hard. Like they showed a couple of those replays tonight, the one on the ball screen coming out of the corner. And I've always loved that action. They put that ball screen down there in the corner. And you, it, that's so hard to guard because if you step up, and you don't really talk on the roll well, the roll's open. But if you don't step up, then you've got that jump shot that Jalen's really taking advantage of, and Trey has that floater. But the reason it's so effective is he comes off, the Trey comes off that ball, that ball screen so hard, so fast, it really puts the defense on their heels. And they showed it again a little bit later, he's same situation where he came off another ball screen, kind of in that same situation, handoff, where he just he's coming so hard that the defense has a hard time adjusting to it. And I think that's if we could, and we're getting there, but I think that's what we've been waiting for in this program. Those guys that play like that. And I want to go back to what you guys were talking a little bit about, about the two, long twos. I know it's not efficient. I get that. I understand the, the analytics of it. And I agree with what you're talking about, how sometimes they shoot them a little too early, but man, I, I like the three, don't get me wrong, but we idolized a coach in this program for 30 years and some of that with the three-point line because they could hit twos efficiently from 15 and 16 feet. I agree with Ryan. If you're hitting the shot, it's never a bad shot. I've never liked that attitude of, you know, oh, that's, he made it, but that's a terrible shot. <laughs> no, points count. The, game, the name of the game is put the ball in the basket. I don't care where it's from. Put the damn ball in the basket and, and that's all you got to do. And tonight, I'll go back to Jalen, 14 to 24. Wow. For a freshman on the road at Mackey, kudos to him. And then also we'll talk a little bit about it as well, but you're talking about Trey, three of four on threes tonight for Trey. Yep. No, you know, and the three-point shooting, we'll get into this in the numbers. Yeah. That's what I loved about the offense tonight, Took 15 which was, tonight. you know, yes, Jalen, again, Jalen did take a lot of twos and he was making them. And it's fine. I think I think we've all learned to accept that. And the math is going to be a little bit different for this team this season because that's Jalen's bread and butter. It's where he's comfortable. That's been the thing. Can you just make a subtle shift to add a little more three-point volume? And they did that. And they got it up to 15. And guess what? 
one of the top 23-point shooting teams in the country, continued to shoot at a high efficiency, making seven for 15. You know, And in a game that you won by eight, that little shift of maybe taking a couple more threes instead of a couple of even harder long twos, that shift helped tonight. That's all we've been asking for. And I thought offensively, I have absolutely no quibbles with the game plan, what they did, anything, because it absolutely fit what they needed to do tonight. And, you know, I mean, you go on the road and when you're an eight point underdog and win by eight, I mean, that's, you know, that's all that matters. Uh, and they did it. So just a, just a phenomenal performance tonight by Indiana and plenty more to discuss, which we will here coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over Purdue. We'll point out tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed. And then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight some of the other most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Listening to the assembly call. Stick with us. Hi, this is A.J. Moye. What's the only thing better than upsetting Duke in the Sweet 16? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach for the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, A.J. You know, when I'm setting up my soundboard before the games, I always kind of try and pick, you know, ones that will be appropriate. And it kind of felt to me coming into this one, if we're going to win this game, we need to play like A.J. Moye, which is why I picked that. Boy, did Indiana do that tonight, you know? A little undersized against the behemoths of Purdue, get out-rebounded, but just play tougher anyway and keep making the plays to win. Just a, just a phenomenal night in West Lafayette. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, uh, Jeff Marlowe. And we – I almost called you Chuck Marlowe there, Jeff. <laughs> Chuck's a great name. Shout out, Dad. <laughs> We're breaking down Indiana's eight-point victory over Purdue tonight, and it is the top of segment two, so you know what that means. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. Yes, it is time for tonight's Meaningful Moments That You Might Have Missed, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans to learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. All right, so for the first meaningful moment, really the first couple meaningful moments, I want to go back to the start of the second half. 
because Indiana was down at halftime, 38 to 34. Uh, you know, Brandon Newman hits that three at the end of the first half, you know, which, you know, kind of kind of stung a little bit, um, you know, and so they go up four. Uh, but you I think all Indiana fans are feeling pretty good. It's like Trace hasn't scored. We're only down four. Doesn't feel like a lot of things are working offensively outside of Jalen. We'll you take that. No questions asked. You were, you were <laughs> expecting the inevitable come back down to earth from Jalen, and he just decided, no, I'm not going to do that. I no, he didn't. That, so. He didn't. But I thought the way that Indiana started the second half was so important. And so, you know, what happened, the first couple possessions, you know, they get it into Trace, and instead of just kind of going up and playing through contact, he tried to do some wild up and under thing and missed it. Uh, and then I think Miller Cop uh, missed an open shot in the corner, and Purdue goes down and scores, and it's 40-34. to 34, And I don't know about you, but I'm, I, was, I started to feel anxious. It's like, okay, we've gotten a couple good looks. We're missing them. They've pushed it up to six. And just because of the way the game had gone – it kind of felt like Purdue was on the verge of extending the lead a little bit. And then Trey Galloway, you know, had probably the best sequence of plays in his entire career at Indiana. Agreed. Um, you know, he knocks down the three-pointer, which I thought was huge, just to kind of settle Indiana into the second half. It's like, okay, we got a bucket. There we go. It's 40 to 37. Come down it the next possession. Purdue, it also let Purdue know, no, 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 no. You're not. We're, we're still here. Yeah, like, we're here. You know, it, it sort of made them nervous. They're like, oh, these guys aren't going to just go away. And yes. that was one of those first ones in the second half, that first one by Trey, and then a little bit later, where we really rotated the extra pass, and yep. they couldn't get out. Yes. Miller made a great pass on the yes. second one. Yep. So at that point, it's 40 to 39. And then this is the moment right here, which is – so the first one, it's a couple of moments. One, Trey gets a steal, drives in transition, kind of hits that wild shot off the top of the backboard, gave Indiana their first lead of the game at 41-40. Then the next possession, he gets another steal at the top of the key. He drives, gets fouled in transition. Uh, it was before the shot, though. Uh, Indiana then got the ball into Trace. He got it out to Jalen. Uh, the ball makes it all the way around to Trey in the corner, 44-40. to 40. That was a 10-0 run by Indiana. And as our buddy at EvanMia.com calls those, it's a kill shot. And when you get a kill shot and the other team doesn't get a kill shot in the game, you usually win like 80% of the time. And it was just that sequence of plays by trade, the three, the two steals and the three, I just thought were absolutely huge for Indiana's momentum. And it really, it was kind of a haymaker that stunned Purdue a little bit. And, you know, we know what happened after that, but I just thought those plays coming out of halftime were huge by Trey. No, you're right. And, and, uh, well, what's interesting though, is that the next bucket made it a 12 0 run, didn't it? Yep. With the, it the race layup. Yeah. So, yep. and that was an assist for Galloway as well. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was his, that was his segment of the game. And that was where he drove in and kind of found race around the back. Um, yeah, that was just, and then, you know, lawyer came down, made a jumper and you're like, okay, that's where the run ends. And then Miller hit a three. So, you know, <laughs> yep. you're, you're again, you're trading three for two there. You feel like you're in a great spot. Um, yeah, I just thought that Trey, I, he came out of the half ready to go. I mean, it was, it was, and, and I thought he played okay in the first half. His defense, on ball defense has been fantastic this year, especially over the last, you know, month and a half or so since they've gone on this run. That's been a big part of it. And off ball, he's had his ups and downs on the road. I thought tonight he was fantastic. And I thought that that defense fed into his offense. Now, he made the threes, and we've seen him do that this year, but it looked like he was looking for those more tonight as opposed to just, well, I'm wide open, I'm going to take it, which has been some of his threes this year. It felt like he was ready to shoot tonight. Well, he's the and Big Ten's best three-point shooter, so he should. He is. <laughs> I don't, does, he has, does he have enough to qualify yet? He's yeah, close. Yeah, he's, he's taken um, enough. I mean, he's okay. taken about two a game. Well, for a while, he wasn't on the list yet because of that. But um, 
but no, one thing I thought he didn't do much tonight was look for his floater, which was interesting. When he drove, he looked to probe and get to the rim, and usually he's looking for a floater. And I think he got one floater. He had he had one that he missed short early, and that was in the first yep. half. And then I think he got a, he got at least one in the second half. But he was that wasn't his primary offense. He was looking for, and the reason why is because the floater the the lob to Trey uh, to Trace wasn't there, and so he had to make it to the rim and. Um, but he just all around, just a great game from him on both ends. And I thought his defense keyed them. I thought he and Jalen, while they were, you know, the, the biggest stars on offense of the night, they were also the biggest stars on defense and they controlled those guards as they did at assembly hall. They didn't let them get going. And the key to Purdue is their role players. If they're Edie's going to get what he's going to get. If the role players play well, they win. If they don't and they get challenged and smacked in the mouth, they lose. And people have figured that out. And they have lost more games than they've won over the last little stretcher. I think what are they two of the two and four in their last six or something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what you do. You high pressure their guards and don't let the role players beat you. One other moment that I want to mention, uh, Coach Marlowe, and I think as a coach, this is probably one. I have to imagine when it happened, you were probably thinking that's a bad decision. And I'm going to go all the way back to the first half because you know again. It, a lot of the first half felt like Jalen making shots just to keep us within arm's length. You know, Jalen makes a shot, keeps us within arm length. So at about the 12 minute mark at 17 to 10 Purdue, Edie had scored on a couple straight possessions, you know, and it really kind of felt like they were in control of what was going on. And Braden Smith just kind of out of the blue pulled up for a three, like just bringing the ball down, pulled up for a three. He bricked it and Indiana got it. I think Trey got the rebound out to Miller. Uh, Miller got that little, uh, you know, layup in transition. Next possession, Miller hits a three in transition. Then Jalen hit a three after that, and it was 19 to 18. And it really kind of felt like that miss by by Braden Smith, which was a horrible shot, it kind of opened the door for Indiana. And Indiana grabbed it and seized it, and what they did is they pushed the pace. And that was one of the things they did in the first half that helped them compensate for not having Trace. And they did it in the second half, too, is, man, when they had an opportunity to push, they pushed. Because that's the other thing that you Purdue can do. That. Yeah, you know, yeah. is you just got to get out and move. And so, you know, that brick gave Indiana a good transition opportunity and seemed to give them life. And so I have a feeling when they watch that in film room, Matt Painter is not going to be happy with the shot selection there um, because Edie had scored on two straight possessions, I think. So it was a, a bad decision by, you know, a freshman point guard. But more importantly, Indiana took advantage of it and took advantage of it in the exact way they needed to, which is find your opportunities to push. Don't let that defense get set and go get some points. And that's honestly, that's all Indiana did. The whole first half is steal points, find a way to get points when things aren't really working in transition or Jalen just being an NBA level player. That was the formula in the first half. It looked a lot better in the second half, but sometimes you just have to survive a half. And that's what Indiana did in the first half to only be down four. And I thought that particular sequence was huge because it felt like Purdue had a chance to extend the lead there. Well, I think that's a perfect example, Jared, of where coaches talk about bad shots are are worse than a turnover. Because in that situation, it allowed us to get out. Like you said, I think Smart sparked a little 5-0 run and like maybe an 8-2 run over that segment. And 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 like you said, kind of got us some life. And and I thought a key in that first half was just, and I know that that Newman hit the hit the shot at the end of the half to put him up four. But there was that point there with about two minutes to go, and we were right around that four to five point mark. I, and I told my wife and my son, I was just like, let's just stay right here. I'll take a four or five point deficit. And to me, that was really meaningful because that's what you see Purdue do to teams. They go on a little mini run in that last minute and a half, two minutes of games, and they go from like up four to they're up 10. 
and, 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 and at the half. And there's a and I'm not trying to be cliche here, but there's just a big difference between four and ten when you're trying to come back on the road um, as well. I want to go back into some of your talking about with Trey as well. And this is one of the reasons why I've always liked him as well. I know I said a lot. One of the reasons, there's so many. <laughs> but I, it just to me is why we think, I think we're really going to appreciate Trey's career when he's done. He's kind of that kid that I think we go back for at least for me growing up and Jared, probably for you too, a little bit. Ryan, I don't know again how much you got to see of the 19th. That's the kind of kid Bob Knight used to recruit. That, you know, he wasn't going to wow you with everything, but he was going to be the kid that just did little things that helped you win. I can't remember the exact segment. You guys might be able to help me on the time and score, but there was a play where we went down to the offensive end and we didn't get a bucket. In fact, we got a little, um, I, I, I want to say we really took a bad shot and Purdue got out on the break and Miller was one of the, I think it was like a three on two, four on two and Miller was back and he at least got the ball stopped and they tried to kick it out to the wing it would have been a wide open three, but Trey Galloway busted his butt all the way back because he had led the play at the other end, busted it all the way back and didn't run to the rim. He ran to the shooter and he not only knocked it out of bounds, but it took away the momentum yep. on that play and allowed us to set the defense. And to me, that was a huge Trey Galloway play as well. Well, I saw Coach Tonsoni was, you know, tweeting some quotes in the chat mob, and I saw one of them from Coach Woodson that was basically, you know, to paraphrase, talking about how Trey is really developing and doing all the dirty things that most guys don't want to do that help you win basketball games, which he is. I mean, it's just it was an incredible performance by Trey tonight. Ryan, you have a, a moment for us, I believe. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, it came at the uh, 11:44 mark in the second half. Trace Jackson Davis made a free throw and then made another one, and after that, he was in the game. I think that yep. he came right back down and, and had a layup after the, or uh, was it two, two possessions later, he had a layup after a Miller cop made a sort of pull up jumper over Edie in the paint. And then, uh, and then trace had a layup and it looked like he had more bounce. It was almost like, it was almost like scoring there. And I thought he was in it defensively, but just offensively, it was just tough for him to get going. Whatever's going on with him. It was tough for him to get going. And, uh, he made those free throws and really kind of locked in. And also Purdue had cut it from 10 to five at that point. He made those two free throws to put it yep. back at seven. They uh, get a missed three from, uh, from Gillis. Jalen gets the rebound and then cop makes a bucket, takes it back to nine. Trace gets a layup, takes it to 11 and you're at 10 33 up 11 points against your rival on the road. And you feel, you never feel, I mean, these days in college basketball, you don't feel good about a lead like that, but you feel like that's when you start to feel like, Oh, this may happen. Like, yeah. you know, it, like they're, they just keep pushing back against everything they do. And then also, you know, the right after that, the next offensive possession was another bucket. It was that the one lefty hook shot he had uh, uh, that he made. So he, he got in a rhythm right there, scored, you know, six of eight points for Indiana right there. And, and I thought that that really gave them a lift at a point where you're kind of, you know, Purdue kind of countered and you're looking, where are we going to get a good shot? And, and, and Trace was able to kind of settle him down. And then I thought that he did a really good job passing after that too. Yep. Uh, offensively, he was really involved in the screen game and was looking for other people. I think he kind of knew he didn't have it tonight. And so he was looking for his teammates. And, and that was a smart thing. As you said, that's leadership. When you're, when your high scorer is willing to take a secondary role to help the team win. Absolutely. Last moment I'll talk about, and again, it's it's kind of more of just a microcosm moment for Jalen Hutchifino. That's the thing. You know, none of his plays individually were especially spectacular. It was just solid play after solid play after solid play after big shot, you know, and, and you add them all up, and it was just a remarkable performance. So back in the first half, you know, 24-20, and again, you know, every time Purdue would get a couple buckets – 
it just kind of felt like they were on the verge of a run and Jalen would stop it. So he missed that floater, got the rebound, scored, and it was just one of those just settled, settled back down. He did it all first half when Indiana needed something. He stepped up and did it. Um, just, just, I mean, I, I don't, I'm running out of words to, to say what Jalen Huchifino did. He's, you know, for a lot of Indiana fans, what Chad Austin is, I think that's what the name Jalen Huchifino is going to be to Purdue fans now. I mean, he's probably I mean, only going to play I've... two games against him, but he made the winning plays at the end of both games. He, he did know? what a guy like Ivy or Desumu used to do to IU all the time. He did that tonight. Yep. All right, let's talk numbers. Hey, and... real quick, real, yeah, yeah. real quick, because I, I, I like there's a meaningful moment for me, and maybe I shouldn't phrase it this way, but I will get mo- meaningful moment for me might have been the first or second bucket Purdue hit, and that was Ethan Morton hitting a three because he's not a good three point shooter. Nope, he's not a good three point shooter. And we talked about this with Tony Adrania and 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 uh, uh, as well on the coach's corner that we did before the first Purdue game. And we talked about you, you lay off of Morton. If that, that was a strategy, lay off Morton. And I thought that was meaningful because I think he thought I'm hitting him night and, and he never hit another one. And he hit he one went, against IU at, at assembly hall too, but that was it. Yeah. And so I, 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 because I thought the watching the defensive setup, it looked like that was what they were wanting to do tonight. They were basically going to dare him to shoot it and not, and he did, he's normally a kid that really wants to drive it, but him hitting that first one, I think convinced him the night that he was on, and he never hit another one, and that played right into our defensive game plan. So for me, that was a meaningful moment. It just goes, make that guy beat you. Like, he's not – like, Archie yeah. Miller was in love with Eaton Morton, fi- fine player. He hasn't developed into what Archie Miller thought he would be, though. I mean, he, he does nothing for them offensively. Yeah. All right, let's go inside the numbers. And look, if you – this is another one of those games where it's like, hey – so if you told me that Purdue was going to out-rebound us by 16, they were going to take 21 more free throws, and Trace Jackson Davis would have 10 points, how do you think the game went? Uh, not well. And yet Indiana wins by eight. So how did Indiana do that? Well, you know, number one, you look at, you know, just the field goal percentage. I mean, Indiana shoots uh, 51% overall for the night, Purdue 35%. And here's a number that I think is meaningful, which is Zach Eady, 8 of 17 from the field, Ryan, you know, when you said earlier, you know, part of the, the, the formula for beating Purdue is Edie's going to get his and make the role players beat you. I almost fully agree with that. The only thing that I will add is if you can make Edie a little bit less efficient than he is normally, that helps. And I thought tonight, the physicality of Indiana throughout the game, by the end of the game, I mean, Edie, he lost his balance on one. You know, it's like a couple times he was waiting for contact to come then that didn't come because we weren't going to foul and it threw off his shot a little bit. And so, look, he has 26 points and 16 boards. You know, it's another great performance because he's a great player and he's really hard to stop. But Indiana made him less efficient than normal. And, you know, I know he added to that going 10 of 14 from the line, so you have to add that in there. But 8 of 17 from the field, you know, normally if he's 11 for 17 from the field, well, now you got a tie ball game. So that really mattered. And I thought by the end of the game, it just seemed like Indiana was still ready for the fight. And even Edie was kind of shying away from contact yeah. a little bit. So I thought the way they defended him, you know, it wasn't pretty at times, but it Doubled wasn't meant hard. to be. It was supposed to be physical as hell and make it hard at the end of the game. And that's why, you know, to me, I, I think that's a big part of the reason why Indiana got that lead and Purdue just couldn't come back, yeah. you know, because of that physicality. So I know all those other numbers paint an ugly picture, but gosh, it's some of the stuff that just isn't in the stat sheet 
that made such a big impact on this win for Indiana? This, the adjustment in the second half was to double Edie on the pass, not the dribble. You know, a lot of times you wait yeah. for a guy to dribble it, then you go in. They were ready to double as soon as the pass was thrown. You saw Ray sneak around the backside and get a steal. I mean, they had their eye on him oh, the that entire was a great time. Play. Yeah, he snuck around the backside instead of going in the front to, to, to double there. And that way, Edie didn't see him. Because Edie, when he was setting up, was looking over this shoulder. Race came right from behind. And that was um, the adjustment I was talking about. Yep. And, and, and so the adjustment to double on the pass instead of the dribble was smart. They didn't stick with it the whole half. Once they got a bit of a lead, because it's hard, because if you do that, you're leaving yourself very susceptible to a three-pointer. Whereas if it's off the dribble, they'll see the they'll see it coming about a few steps in and you can recover. Whereas, you know, off the catch, it's it's you're really selling out there if you're selling selling out on the pass. But that was a great adjustment to to leave him sort of I, he doesn't he didn't like being pressured. I mean, I don't think anybody does uh in any walk of life, really, but you don't like facing a ton of pressure. Indiana played him straight up from behind, had guys coming in. They did that a little bit at Assembly Hall. This was more of a sellout to to go after him. And he's gonna get his though. I mean, he's gonna get rebounds, he's gonna get offensive rebounds, he's gonna get to the free throw line, he's gonna do all those things. You 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 limit him where you can, of course, and give him different looks and and try and push him out beyond four feet if you can. But other than that, the one thing you have to do, recover to lawyer, recover to Smith, recover to Gillis. Make sure that even if they get a three, it's contested. They're not standing there wide open in the corner. And on that point, that's the other number that stands out big. Purdue is yep. five of 23 from three-point range. Indiana goes seven of 15. That's the kind of math that you need right there. Indiana doesn't take nearly as many attempts, but they get more from the three-point line because our efficiency is so good this season. You know, and I just thought, I mean, for Purdue, you know, number one, yeah, you have a guy like Morton taking four who you don't necessarily want taking them. You know, Braden Smith has not been a great three-point shooter this season. He takes three and misses them. First takes a couple, you know, and misses them. Um, But, you know, Indiana was able to challenge a lot of those shots, and I thought the guys on the perimeter just played so hard that you kind of speed Purdue up a little bit. And again, you know, when you're playing a physical game and you're getting bumped and, you know, it's, it's harder to shoot. You know, when when the other team is playing defense against you like that. And, you know, Coach Marlowe, what have we talked about so many times over the last six, seven years where it's like, oh, this other team is shooting well because they're comfortable. And Indiana never let Purdue get comfortable tonight, even in their own arena. Nope. They weren't nope. comfortable. So, again, you know, you look at this box score and there's I mean, obviously, you know, just the shooting percentages. That's what tilted things in Indiana's favor. But I just as I think about this game, it's so much of that stuff that doesn't show up in the box score that made the difference. You know, there's not always a stat for just great perimeter defense and fighting through screens and not giving a guy a chance to breathe. But you know where it shows up? That guy can't make a shot because he's rushed or he's, you know, just not feeling comfortable. And that's I mean, that's you know, that to me is just the genius of Indiana's performance tonight is they made Purdue uncomfortable in their gym. How often do you see that happen? Not often, but that's what you have to do to win a road game. That's what Indiana did. Yeah, and Jared, at some again, since I've been with you guys the last two, three years, we've you know how many times you like we said we've come on here and been like, we just let guys get comfortable. But I I will say this: since that period in mid-January, I really felt like we've done a hundred and eighty degree turn on that for the most part. You watch Miller cop. Miller is not the best on-ball defender. I'll be the first to admit that. But if you watch Miller over the last six weeks. He's more apt to be there on the catch or at least fly out. Always has his arms up too. He gets his arms up, has a good solid closeout, flies out, gets out there. 
and and forces them to make a dribble or at least a step right or left and takes them out of that comfort comfort zone. And and I thought that was the one thing you saw really down the stretch night. Purdue struggled to get a three off when they really needed one in the last two and a half minutes because we covered the arc very well and and really were willing to give them a two inside with like an ED or a layup or whatever. So I, I just thought that the defense in the last six weeks or so has really done a complete 180. Key, especially, key, especially getting out on the arc. Key tag to that. Key tag onto that is Purdue went three of 15 in the second half. And mm-hmm. two of them came in the last like 90 seconds when they were forcing up shots to try and right. uh, come back. And so they made one three really in the run of play during the half. And that's pretty amazing. Other important numbers. Indiana wins points off turnovers, 12 to four fast break points, 10 to four. You know, now Purdue won bench points and Purdue had more second chance points. Here's the other thing, Ryan points in the paint, Indiana. Yep. Indiana gets 10 points from Chase Jackson Davis and they battle Purdue to a draw with Zach Eady getting 26 points. It was 34 to 34. Why was it 34, 34? Because Jalen Huchifino kept, you know, didn't settle for jumpers all the time and drove in. Because they got in transition and got layups. Because Trey Galloway was persistent and got in there. And because you know, nobody else for Purdue did anything. Yeah. In the <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no. I mean, that, it was just easy. True. And, and, you know, they got a couple, a, a couple guys had second chance. Well, lawyer had 14. But, oh, I get what you're saying. No, no, but in, in the, the paint, paint, though. In the paint. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, Boy, and yeah. I'll tell you this, you know, and I mean, we haven't had a chance to talk a ton about him. I thought Race Thompson was awesome in the second half, especially in the second half. He was awesome. I mean, I just he missed those threes. He's you know what we spent a lot. We used to spend a lot of time. Um, you know, you, you watch Michigan State, right? And it's like, man, Michigan State always has these goons, you know, that would just come in and be tough and get tough rebounds and foul you hard, you know. And I, and I think you know when Race Thompson came, it's like, okay, maybe Race can be this guy. Um, and I thought he just played that role so well tonight. You know, Good. he seemed a little out of sorts in the first half when everybody kind of did, especially offensively. But it's like who knew his role in the second half was, okay, I'm going to have to defend Edie, you know, because Trace isn't playing as much and Malik was in foul trouble. And he gave him a couple good hard fouls, um, you know, had the steal. But I, I just thought he made a lot of toughness plays um, in the second half that helped. He wasn't going to get pushed around. Indiana. No, he was not. He was not at all. Jared, the number that stands out to me the most is in the second half, Indiana shot 58.1% from the field. In the first half, two guys were 50% or better. It was Miller Cop was three of six, Jalen Huchifino, nine of 15. In the second half, everybody who took a shot other than Ray Thompson was above 50%. Huchifino, five and nine, Miller Cop, two of three, J- Trace, four of five, Galloway, four of seven, Malik, one of one, and, and Race was two of six. But and, and those were against Edie, so sometimes it just doesn't work out when you're going against a guy that big. But what does that tell you about the shots they were taking? 18 of 31. It means they were good shots. Good shots. If you're if you're and and so they were getting them through the offense, three of five from three. Uh, and then they made all six of their free throws while, you know, little, little free throw uh uh trips there, according to against Purdue's big amount of free throws, but still you're making them. <laughs> And then to only, as you as you guys have both mentioned, like only four turnovers in the second half when that game was very tight and could have gotten ugly. Um, you know, those are the those are the the numbers that win you games. It's taking good shots, not turning, not giving the other team advantages, and and locking it down on defense. And they did it all. One point four oh six points per possession in the second half, and that's all because they're taking good shots. And Miller Cop attacking closeouts two for two on shots inside the arc, which is nice to see. Yep. So to have them actually take them. Yeah. Yeah. Any other numbers, fellas, before we, uh, 
I think I still. I think I still. I think I still. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. Man for himself here, coach. Uh, one yeah, thing any, anything else is, for you, Coach Marlow? Do we or do we literally take them all? We might. Oh, no, you literally took them all. I was going to talk about <laughs> fast break points. I was going to talk about uh, points off turnovers. I was going to talk about six of six at the line. How many times did we come on here and be like, "Why can't we hit a freaking free throw?" And we're six, especially of six in the second Ryan, half. And, and yeah. the second yeah. half, and, and then Ryan takes it. I was like, "Okay, whatever." Sorry, yeah. Coach. I'm done. Hey, you see, uh, you lose, buddy. What do you, what do you want? <laughs> I will say this: another thing worth noticing. Shot. No, well, another thing worth worth mentioning is they only played six. They only played they played seven players in the second half. Jordan Geronimo only played a minute. Malik only played five. So the starters basically gutted that out completely. And I thought, and they they spread it around in the first half, uh, but the starters gutted that out with that chance to win. They they stayed in there and rocked it. So uh, good on those guys. Hopefully they get right in the ice baths tonight. Last number: Zach Eady and Trace Jackson Davis combined for thirty six points. Jalen Hutchinson scores thirty five on his own. Okay. I do have a number here. I will throw this in. I was trying to save it, but in my plus minus system, and I got to give credit to my nephew actually developed this because this is a road win. And on my plus minus system, you get a plus for a road win minus for a home loss. If the season ended today, IU would be the number two seed in the big 10 tournament now because of that win tonight. Because what the plus minus system does, it takes out the discrepancies of the schedule. So right now, if we just went out at home and everything else plays out, I think we're going to end up the number two seed. Even now, we could end up to three, but we pretty much probably locked in. As long as we went out at home, hey, we locked in a double buy. I tell you are what, we, man. are we two? Are we one game behind Purdue right now, or two? In What's the, the in, in my the plus minus? In my no, plus minus, we're in the no, regular in the real standings. standings. We're two games behind them. Two yeah, games two behind games. them. Okay, I thought it was. One. I believe. Um, so the, you know, the last thing we'll say, and look, usually on this show, we have a world renowned bracketologist on here, whether it's Andy or Coach Tonsoni or Galen. We don't have any of those guys uh, here with us. Um, but you know, the other thing to think about now, and you know, this team is now one at Xavier. This team is now one at Illinois. This team is now one at Michigan. This team is now one at Purdue. I mean, that's four road wins against, you know, three definite NCAA tournament teams. And we'll see what ends up happening with Michigan, but you know, based on all of the feedback from the bracketologists that happened after the committee did their reveal, it really seems like those kinds of wins are being highly valued, which was a big part of the reason why Indiana was a high four seed. So we'll wait to get, you know, those guys official take on what this win does. I mean, this is the kind of win that can bump you up a seed line, or it can certainly help stabilize you on the seed line that you're at, you know, because there aren't going to be many people that can look at it and say, Hey, they have a win, you know, like winning at Mac arena. So just a, you know, I know, you know, it's you know highly unlikely, obviously, that Indiana's going to win the regular season Big Ten uh, title. But now this puts you in a much better position to get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament, and it really is going to help for the for the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, obviously, depending on what happens down the stretch here. But gosh, you know, you get a, a win like this. I mean, it it just helps you in so many ways. So just a, a Jared, terrific, meaningful win in so many ways. Yeah, Jared, you asked me a couple of weeks ago when I was stuck on a plane with no one else um, uh, on the tarmac. You said, "Hey, I got a question for you." I said, "Okay," and you said, "What's Indiana? How many wins does Indiana finish with?" And I said, "Well, if everything goes poorly, you know, if things fall apart, eight in the Big Ten. And I said, "If everything goes perfectly, twelve, or everything goes well, twelve. Well, they got a chance at thirteen. So mm-hmm. I admit, <laughs> if everything goes perfectly, I was wrong. I'm off by one." Uh, this was weeks ago, so I get a little, you know, leeway there. But they got a chance at third. They got a real good chance at thirteen. They do. I mean, two home games against teams they can beat, and one team's coach is absolutely melting down. 
Uh, Would that be the coach who attacked another coach that? in the handshake line? Or are you talking about Fran McCaffrey? I'm talking about Fran McCaffrey and and another. <laughs> Both coaches, of these coaches can be a little unhinged. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fran today. This isn't an Iowa show, but that was just, he should be suspended for the rest of the season. That was disgraceful. I, I agree, absolutely. <laughs> Not he should at least get some type of suspension for at Agreed. least one game. Hundred percent. Uh, well, on that note, let's move on. Uh, coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls. We'll talk Hoosier Hustle Award, discuss a few lingering questions, and honestly, just linger on this win because, man, this is fun. Uh, we'll also look ahead to what's coming up for Indiana. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi, it's Thomas Bryant. What's the only thing better than being Kentucky in the NCAA tournament? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Thomas. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. I'm Jared Morris, here with Ryan Phillips and the coach Jeff Marlowe on a giddy episode of the Assembly Call as Indiana goes in uh, to Mackey Arena and wins for the first time since 2013, I believe, right? Was that our last win at Mackey? I'm pretty sure the Will Sheehy game. I think so. I think so. I believe it was. I believe it was. Uh, but we are breaking down this Indiana victory. It is time now for our game ball, uh, which is presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you get 23% off all of their testing services. That is 23 in honor of TJD. There is absolutely zero debate over who gets the game ball tonight uh as good as all the other performances were this was a historic performance by Jalen Hutchifino this is the type of performance that we're going to be talking about years down the road when they show highlights of the IU Purdue series Jalen even though he's only going to be here for one year uh it's going to be shown because what he did in Bloomington and what he did today rising to the occasion just unbelievable as mentally tough 
uh, as any freshman that I can ever remember uh, and as overall skilled um, just as any freshman that I can remember. Just a tremendous performance. As I said on Twitter, anybody else who says Jalen isn't ready for the NBA is getting immediately muted because you do not have basketball opinions that are worth listening to. Uh, This guy is going to be a first-round pick, and if he has more performances like this, it's not inconceivable to think he could be a lottery pick. And I'm not kidding. I've talked to NBA scouts about this. I have too. Um, so, and he put it all on display tonight. So, uh, Ryan, I will kick it over to you. What other superlatives do you have for Jalen Huchifino? Well, I I talked to an NBA scout this week and I asked him, you know, I know all these teams love Jalen. And I was like, what do you like about him the most? Is it size, skill, like whatever? He's like, he's just never, I forget the exact word he used, but it was like, he's never bothered. He's, he's, he's always just even keel. Like he might you know, scramble and make a, you know, lose the ball or something like that. But he just, he's never not confident. And tonight that was just a confidence game. There's a, he has skill. He has all those things. He just walked into Mackie. was like, I'm going to own this game. I, this is going to be my game. And everybody else can just kind of hang out. You go to the three point line trace. Sure. You can, you can set a screen for me, but that's fine, but I'm going to take it. And he just, it's, it's, it's hard to describe a kid that young being that confident. And when people say that, you know, well, he could use another year to work on this or work on that. It's no, no, absolutely not. This kid should be shoved into the NBA. He is going to be great. And by his second year in the NBA, he's going to be running a team. And, and he may, you know, as a, as a, as a guy, there's an adjustment period. You might, you know, see him out coming off the bench, not playing a whole lot his first year, but they're going to work that guy and get him into shape. And his second year, he's going to be starting, uh, on an NBA team and running a team and being fantastic. And he's going to be a great representative for IU and doing it. So this was the night that he put it all together was fantastic on both ends of the floor was fantastic on the boards played within himself. Only turned the ball over three times and he proved to the best freshman in the big 10 is it's him. There's no question. He's the the best freshman in the big 10 slam dunk. By the way, uh, I am recording on Wednesday with Sam Vecini. Uh, Wednesday night, we're going to talk Jalen's NBA draft stock, Trace's NBA draft stock, so that'll probably be posted Thursday morning. So just be on the lookout for that. Sam's Love great, Sam's work. Yeah, he's he's, he's one of my great. favorites. Uh, and he, I, I I messaged him about coming on. I was like, hey, you know, want you to come on. We're going to talk about Jalen and Trace. He's like, oh man, I love Jalen. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's talk about Everybody it. Everybody does, man. And it's 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 plenty of guys are skilled, and there are guys that are more skilled than Jalen. But there's something about the way he carries himself. The fact that he's playing 40 minutes for a team that's probably a top 15 team and not just playing 40 minutes. He's not having a Yogi Ferrell freshman year. He's leading them. And, yes. and, and, and you know, he's one of two alpha dogs on the team. And the other is a four-year senior who's breaking all kinds of records. And he's even with him right now for the most important player on the team. And uh, it, it is truly incredible. Yeah, I mean, he's the best freshman point guard since Isaiah, and it's not even, there's not even a debate. Since Isaiah. It's not, no, it's, that was it's what not Jeff a... was going to say. I think Jeff's mad. <laughs> oh, did I take, is... dang it. <laughs> Jeff, okay, you got to use the chat. Use the chat when you have a point, and then we won't steal it. Okay, rewind. Over to Jeff Marlowe. He has a comparison that he'd like to make. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I was gonna. I, I, at least I was going to preface it by, I don't want to make it sound like I think he's as good as Isaiah Thomas but he's the best freshman point guard we've had since yes. Isaiah Thomas. That's what I, I just want to make sure people don't mix up that. I think he's as good as Isaiah Thomas at this point. I'm not going to go that far, but he's the best we've had. Now I want to follow up on Ryan a little bit. I think the one thing 
and and Jared, you posted this to the community the other day, I think, or maybe it was on Twitter. For our fans who want to say that Jalen's not ready and he's not, he hasn't shown enough to be a, a lottery pick. They don't draft on what he's doing in college per se. They're no, looking projection. Exactly. They're looking at where he's going to be when he's, cause he's what 18, 19 years old right now. They're projecting him out. What he's going to look like when he's 22, 23 By the years end old. of his rookie contract. Correct. Yeah. And they're, and it's all about kind of you're trying and now it's not a science, you know, but it, that's what they draft on. And he is going, he is kind of that prototype that they're looking for. If you're following the Pacers or some of the other teams, like he reminds me a little bit of Halliburton. He reminds me of those type of guys that who can really be stud uh, and alpha type players as Jared, or excuse me, as Ryan said, leading a team by his second or third year. So he's going, I hope he, I, I'll cross my fingers and hope he doesn't, but it's going to be way too much money for him to pass. up. No, I agree with Ryan. We need to shove him into the NBA. It's yeah. a great story for it's Coach Woodson. It's going to be Woodson. great for use it to recruit. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the tape. Tonight's tape was what you show recruits. Like, this is what you can do as a freshman in Indiana. If you come here, we'll develop you. And show tape of early in the season for Jalen. Because there were some games where he looked like a freshman. And mm-hmm. he has grown up a lot. His confidence in his shot is so much more. If you watch his high school film, he, we, we talked about he liked to shoot pull-up. He liked to shoot pull-up. But he was not a three-point shooter in high school. He's much better now. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, somebody commented on this on, on Twitter and said that, you know, he really liked Kobe Bryant. Well, that's why he takes a lot of long twos then. It's that pull-up <laughs> long two game. That, that was uh, Kobe made a career out of that, killing people with that, that kind of slow play him, slow play him, slow play him. I'm pulling up and shooting here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it looks a lot like that. He's really mirrored that. And, and uh, he's just a fan, just a fantastic performance. You can't say enough about it. He was outstanding. And with the NBA's defensive rules, he'll get to the rim easier than he does in the college game. I, well, oh, you the think big... there's more freedom of movement in the NBA than in the Big Ten? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's the Big Ten, not college basketball. That's the problem here. Hey, there's bad. Co- <laughs> hey, I, I've seen enough bad college officiating. It's not just the Big Ten. I saw that call. There was a call today in Lawrence, Kansas that was pretty bad on West Virginia. So the both of the last two games. So my wife doesn't always get to watch the games just because there's stuff going on. She's got to handle the kids. So you got to watch some of the game tonight, you know, and, and I don't remember what the last game was, but both the last two games she's watched, she just turns to me and goes, what's a foul? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> just when they decide to call one, it's all good. Um, okay. Let's move on. By the way, that is Jalen's fourth game ball. Uh, Trace obviously leads with 16. Uh, Jalen with four. Think back to that Maryland game. And then imagine coming out of that game and saying, that guy is going to lead us to a win in West Lafayette. It's the kind of mental toughness and, and confidence that guy has. A missed shot, a bad play. You think back to the Illinois game when he makes just a dreadful turnover that they take the other way. Just comes right back and makes three or four winning plays down the stretch. That's the kind of stuff that makes him ready to go to the next level. He's ready physically, he's ready skill-wise, and he's ready mentally. A lot of guys, you know, one of those things isn't there, right? It's like, man, that guy's a crazy athlete, but he's not really that skilled. You know, but when with Jalen, he doesn't need to mature mentally or emotionally. You know, he's he can do a little bit of everything. He's physically built. There's no reason for him to play another season of college basketball at all. None. Just a tremendous player. Um, okay, let's move on now and start talking hustle. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Chaney, 
Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. All right, thank you, Anthony. You know, I'm not really sure there's a huge debate on the Hoosier Hustle Award either, um, although on a night like tonight, you can almost just give a team one because of how hard everybody played. But Coach Marlowe, we'll go to you first. Who gets your Hustle Award? Uh, I will say this. I will kind of give an honorable mention out to Miller Cop tonight. I thought Miller really played hard. We talked a little bit about Trey and, and Jalen's minutes. Miller played 36 minutes as well. So a lot of minutes out there, and I thought Miller was solid. But I'm going to go with my guy, you know, Trey Galloway, because of things we've already talked about. But just – there's 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 a lot of bulldog in Trey, and that's what I used to like in my and when we had our better teams, we had kids who had that bulldog in them, and Trey would be that kind of kid that would want the challenge of going out. We saw this a little bit last year with Ivy. We see it this year with with Smith and Lord. He likes that challenge of going out and defending the other team's best guard, at, you know, and or maybe the best scoring guard. And 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 we mentioned earlier. I think Ryan brought it up. He, he earlier in the Jan, like January, he was doing a lot of grabbing. He was playing with these hands. He was trying to grab guys as they came off of ball screens or cuts. He's not doing that now. And so he's able to stay on the floor and contribute more, but he just has that tenacity that I love in a kid. And, 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 and I always was always liked those players for my team. And that's why I think Trey just fits this group so well because they need that. And that's uh, my hustle tonight for Trey Galloway. And you know what the thing is, Coach? You know what makes tonight special and his development special is, as we come on here all the time, you can always just give Trey the Hustle Award by default because you're just you're always going to get that from him. But what you're getting now is hustle plays that lead to production, right? It's the hustle steal that leads to transition and a bucket. It's the you know the the banner moment, right? The great defense on Braden Smith that doesn't just lead to a rebound, but he has the presence of mind and the confidence to see Trace and make that outlet pass and push it back up to a double digit lead. You know, it's and the I ability to avoid the bad foul. He only had one foul tonight. No, no, he had three. Jalen only had one. You know, but it's the ability to avoid that. And like you said, just the ability to hustle your way into a deflection that just disrupts what the other team is doing. You know, so he's able to make those plays, but now do it in a way that, you know, after the play leads to something productive. And that is why he has now become more than just a hustle player, but such a key cog on this team. I will say this. I, when he made that pass, I was kind of like, no, because I thought it was a bad decision. I wanted him to run some great pass, <laughs> leads to a dunk. What do I know? But I was kind of like, no, yes. Kind of that coaching moment. You're like, no, no, yes. You know. Let great players make great plays, man. Uh, Ryan, so I'm giving mine to Trey. So who gets your hustle award? Well, I'm going to – no, I'm kidding. It's Trey. I, I thought that, you know, from the jump in the second half, he was the guy. And and he was – you know, Jalen was hitting the shots, but he was the guy that was really making things go for Indiana, especially early then. Trey Scott kind of got into it about the 11-minute mark. You had some plays from Race Thompson. Miller, you know, uh, uh, played pretty well as well. I agree with the, the shout-out for Miller Cop. I just think that, you know – the thing about with Miller is that people just don't notice what he does when he's not putting up a bunch of numbers and they're really key and important things. And Trey does the same thing when Trey's not scoring, he's still playing defense. Um, the only time he hurts you is when he's maybe going a little too crazy on offense, which he's done far less this year. But I just thought his energy and effort tonight was 
unbelievable. Did a great job along with Jalen on the those those young guards for Purdue and and uh, just keeping them running basically. You know, by getting in there. How many times did Braden Smith drive in and just have absolutely nothing? You know, and have to drive. You know, do the old Yogi Ferrell thing of driving under the baseline and come all the way back out and not but not find somebody to assist it to. So um, really just a great performance from Trey. This is what we've been looking for him on the road, you know, all year. And, and he provided it tonight. And, and I hope this can continue to carry him. And I hope that, you know, this is the example to get to some guys who have struggled on the road, like Tamar Bates, who actually I thought played some pretty good defense tonight. I thought uh, so in, too. In the first yeah. half, he'd be bit on that play fake at the end of the half, but I think he didn't know how much time was left. And I think it, he thought that he did that, that, uh, Newman didn't have time to, to get a second one up. Made a great um, play where he forced that turnover on Fletcher Lawyer. You know, and a lot of times he'll get overzealous in those moments, but he stayed disciplined and just let Lawyer, you know, walk himself into a travel. And that's the thing. Everybody who played, you know, even, you know, Geronimo, Banks, Bates, they maybe didn't get a lot in the box score, but I thought they all played hard and tough. Yeah. Like it was just a team wide mindset tonight. And absolutely. You know, and so that is why I know we don't have an award for the coaches. But, man, huge props to Mike Woodson, huge props to the coaching staff. You know, we've talked about some of the adjustments and some of the things that they did in the game. And, you know, but for Mike Woodson to have this team ready to believe that they could go in and win and then to play that tough and physical for 40 minutes to do it, coming on the heels of what happened in East Lansing is just a remarkable coaching job from a psychological standpoint you know when they posted a video the IU basketball Twitter account and I think uh, Mike Woodson's Twitter account posted a video you know just a little kind of pep talk at the shoot around and it was real basic you know he basically just said guys let's commit to 40 minutes commit to 40 minutes of playing hard playing tough whatever it was he said you know and I remember watching it and thinking you know okay <laughs> you know what I mean like it was kind of generic but yet that's exactly what they did you know, and so obviously there's a lot more to it than some 15 second clip that they post. But, you know, it's just I know we'll have our quibble sometimes with the way that, you know, that Mike Woodson sees basketball and the ways that he wants to do things. But goodness gracious, you know, here we are 30 games into the season and the way that he's run his offense has given Jalen Hutcherfino the confidence to play like he did yep. tonight. Especially and, Remember, this isn't what they planned for. I know, you know, they plan for him to play off the ball more or, or to have the ball, but to be setting up X, you know, and yep. that's, it's been scrambled, man. I, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable, but just yeah, a phenomenal just coaching done. job against yeah. the guy who's probably going to be national coach of the year or big 10 coach of the year. I mean, he's at least up for it. And I thought Woody out coached him tonight. I agree. You know, had his team more ready to play, Especially made more adjustments. Half. Yeah. The you second know, half. Matt Painter's a great coach. We all love Matt Painter, you know, and, and what and what he does. But just, you know, Woody, what he's done to turn around the confidence of this program that not even through two full years <clears throat> after not having been able to beat Purdue for whatever it was, nine, ten straight times, now to beat him three out of four, two of the better Purdue teams in their school's history, and we've beaten him three out of four and took one at their place. Man, what what Mike Woodson has done to turn around the mindset of this program is unbelievable. Huge credit to him. Yeah, coach, you've got something. Yeah, I, and other than the one where they got the the thirty or the shot clock violation because Jay Jalen, the one mistake he made in Ivory, forgot how much time was on the shot clock coming out of the timeout. Mike Woodson continues to show that he is. I want to say master but he is one of the best in the country and maybe the best in the big 10 at, at coming out with a good solid play out of a timeout because they down the stretch tonight, they took two timeouts 
and, and, or three timeouts that were taken, counting the media timeout. And they had two sets that went right to buckets. The third one probably was designed for a better player than they got with Jalen getting the shot clock violation. But Mike Woodson's after timeout sets are really, really good. And that, you know, and also to me, it shows he's really starting to kind of adjust into the college game a little bit and understanding that those are important. We, when I was coaching, we kind of referred to those as kind of the special teams of basketball because they're not, they're just such quick things that can happen and really and turn a momentum around. So as we look at lingering questions, our biggest lingering question coming out of the Michigan State game was what kind of legs does this team left? What kind of legs does this program have? That question was answered tonight. This team has plenty left in the tank. Now, I think there is a sub question there with Trace because I don't think Trace looked quite like himself. And I think to his credit, he found, you know, he found a way to be productive, um, you know, especially in the second half. He found a way to make a big impact in this game. But, you know, didn't quite look like himself. And, you know, it was odd. You know, he wore that kind of compression T-shirt, you know, and so had sleeves. It was very it was very disorienting at first, like seeing him in that because we've never seen that, which kind of made me wonder if he had like a little back brace or something or, if you know, if that was, you know, intended to help that. Um, I don't know. But it does seem like he's just he doesn't quite have the athleticism that we've seen. And so I think that's one lingering question, you know, is now, you know, Indiana, it's a quick turnaround before who's first Iowa, right? Iowa's the first game. So that's a quick turnaround Tuesday. Um, they obviously have a quick turnaround too, because they just played an overtime game today, uh, a big emotional overtime game, which, you know, kind of be interesting to see how that they was approach insane, that game Tuesday. By the way. That was, it was unbelievable. And it's honestly, I'm very mad at the basketball gods that they rewarded Iowa and Fran McCaffrey for his nonsense with allowing them to come back. Not cool. Just ridiculous. And, so anyway, and, I hope we prompt them on Tuesday. And, well, I talk about another team, knock on wood, that has some awful road splits compared to home. Yes. Yeah, no question. And so Indiana plays them Tuesday. Fortunately, you know, as we know with Iowa, I mean, that is a game where you're probably going to have to get up and down and run, but they're not a particularly physical uh, type of team. Um, and then Indiana is going to have a little bit of a break before Michigan. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of my big lingering question about this. You know, I don't I don't really worry about how this team mentally is going to handle this. This felt like a business trip. They went in there and took care of business. I think they'll enjoy it. I think they'll be fine for Tuesday, you know, coming back uh, against Iowa. But that is obviously going to be the thing that I'm looking at and that everybody's looking at is how does Trace look? Um, because if you can get Jalen playing the way he's playing now and get Trace at something close to his peak as you go into tournament play, and now Miller's built confidence and Trey has built confidence, you know, what we saw tonight is the kind of team that can go win a bunch of games in the tournament because this was a different way of winning. You know, it wasn't just Trace and Jalen. It wasn't just Trace dominating. It was Trace struggling oh, yeah, we have enough to go win at Mackey anyway. So, you know, this team answered a lot of questions tonight. And so that, to me, is the biggest lingering question is just how healthy does Trace look the next time this team is out there on the court? What about for you guys, Ryan? What lingering questions do you have coming out of this one? Just, I mean, it's going to be Besides, does Purdue still get a number one seed? That's another lingering <laughs> I question. I think that's a no at this point, given their track, <laughs> even their last couple of games. No, I think uh, the, the one thing is, I mean, there's always, how do you respond to to a win? You know, this is, this is such a big win and such an emotional high. Does Jalen come out the next game firing, you know, on every time he has a little crease? Or does he do what he did tonight and find the openings and attack there as opposed to just like, Hey, I just dropped 35 on the road at Purdue. Let's see what I can do here. You know, he's got to play a contained game, which he did tonight. It's amazing. You take that many shots and you score that many points and it, 
it was a completely contained game. Like I didn't have a problem with no. I had a problem with maybe one of his shots, you know, and it was just because it was early in the shot clock and they could get a pull up two at any point. Um, but again, he makes those. So it's hard to get mad when he takes them. Um, but yeah, I think, I think health is, is, is one thing, you know, do we see a certain former starting point guard coming back at any time soon? Or oh yeah, I guess that is a big thing. Hearing whispers <laughs> that, you know, he's, he's back practicing, but not full contact yet. Like what, what, what is the outcome of that? What happens? What do we get from that? Um, and is this the right time to insert him? And I, I would say as soon as possible is, is the right time. So, uh, yeah, just health in general. You know, what's do they get traced back to normal? There's been two games where he's kind of been off in a row, and and you wonder if something's up there. So, I wonder if it's just fatigue from the season, or if you and he just needs to hit another wind, or if, if there's something going on. So, um, again, those are my those are my concerns. And it's been health with this team for about two months. I've had pretty much the same answer every yeah. every time. It's been health. Looked like Malik was okay. I think the shoe took took the brunt of that ankle roll. Um, well, that was a scary he, moment, though. It was, and he he rolled it in too, which exactly what X did too, and and uh, so, but but I think the shoe took the brunt of it because it came off. But you know, just again, let's see, you know, how these guys uh, respond to this big win and and uh, take it home and and a chance to get some revenge. Coach Marlowe, what's kind of sticks out in your mind that's lingering coming uh, out of this one? And, and I know we've besides been the smell here. in West Lafayette, which always oh, lingers. Man. I loved it with today. I, you know, <laughs> more till you smell it. Um, they, um, I, I'm going to just kind of. It's the coach of me. Can they put another game, another 40 minutes? As you talked about, Mike Woodson's motto to them today was 40 minutes. Let's just go out and play for 40 minutes. You got to do that again on Tuesday. And 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 there have been times we've seen this team, not lately, but we've you know where we felt like they haven't been able to put back to back games together. And so I think, you know, just that to me, if we really want to be the team we hope they are in March, you have to put back to back to back to back games. And I think we're making strides. I think we've done pretty well at that the last six weeks or so. But now you've got two games here, especially that Iowa game, that really, like I said, can set you up for at least the double bye in the Big Ten tournament. And I think it's really important to be that second or third seed in the Big Ten because that would help you avoid Purdue in the semi. You would not see them again until the Big Ten championship game in the in the Big Ten tournament. I'm sorry. Do we care about avoiding Purdue at this point? Yeah, we're wrong. I'm always <laughs> although the toughest thing in sports to beat a team three times. No, the coach and me just wants to put. I don't want to have to. go I want Northwestern again. I don't know. About That's you actually guys. an overrated yeah. stat. The team that won the first two games wins like 78 percent of the time. I, I'm That's just more insane. online. I don't want to play the one seed until I absolutely have to. No, I I want to I want to play Northwestern again though. I want to get a shot at Northwestern because I think we can beat them. We should have beaten so them the team both we've lost to twice. You want to play them, and you don't want to yes. play the team we beat twice. No, I want. I want to get revenge. I want to. I want to mark that off the ledger. You know, <laughs> this is now the win streak that we're worried about breaking. Is Northwestern that's beaten us a couple times? Yes. My, yes, how far absolutely. we've come, and how far they've come. <laughs> it was like beating Rutgers. I just wanted to get that done. You know. Well, it's like yeah. three in a row. Isn't oh it? They, man, they beat us up in Chicago last year, so it's like three in a row. That's isn't true. It? All right. Well, we're talk about that another time. Uh, so coming up here tomorrow, Sunday, we've got Indiana at Iowa, which was supposed to be this epic game for the Big Ten title. But Iowa choked and couldn't hold up their end of the bargain. Uh, it'll still be the Kate and Clark show and blah, 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 all that stuff. But we have the better team. Uh, and I'm really excited to see you know how we approach that and come in there 
I mean, if there's any Indiana athletic team that you can trust, it certainly seems like it is Terry Morin's Hoosiers. So we'll be looking forward to that game. Coach Marlowe, we have an episode of Doing the Work. You are hosting. Uh, I am hoping to be there, depending on how stuff goes here around the house, but I should be able to be there. Um, yep. And looking forward to, uh, to talking about that game tomorrow. And then we'll be back Tuesday to talk with you after the Iowa game. We'll have uh, the interview with Sam uh, coming uh, to talk about Trace and Jalen from an NBA perspective, and then obviously be back Saturday for the Michigan game. Uh, and then it's tournament play after that. So things are going to start coming fast and furious here. Uh, you are listening to the Assembly Call, IU Post Game Show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off your first order. Gentlemen. It's time for last call. Coach Marlowe, why don't you go first? I'm going to keep this short, simple, and sweet. I only got one word. Sweep. Get out the brooms, baby. <laughs> Beautiful. Ryan, last call. Yeah, you know, kudos to to this team. Uh, a game a lot of people probably thought they would lose just because it's tough to go on the road, play at Mackey, and, and you know, things look kind of rough at Michigan State with Trace not looking great and all that. Um these guys stepped up and it wasn't just Jalen. I mean, Jalen obviously is, is the headliner, but we've talked about the role players needing to step up on the road and they did tonight. And that's, that's the difference in the game. It really was. I, I think Jalen being unbelievable, but he gets you 35 points and probably, you know, he's directly responsible for a few others, but those other guys, Miller cop, Trey Galloway, you know, race had a, had a good stretch of play there. Those guys are what win you that game. And if Indiana can get that consistently from their bench, something they've been looking for all year, if they can get consistently from the role players, not the bench, but just the role players, this team's ceiling goes up so much higher, so much higher when it's not just a two-man game with, with Jalen and, and Trace. Because we're assuming Trace is going to get back to being who he is uh, at some point. But obviously it's Jalen Huchifino's night, but the shine needs to be on all those guys. They all played so hard. And what what Indiana proved tonight, and Mike Woodson deserves a lot of credit for this. They are a tougher team than Purdue. They are a tougher, tougher team than Purdue. They play hard. They are willing to sacrifice to get a win, even if it doesn't show up in the, even if their effort doesn't show up in the box score. And that's not as common in college basketball as you would think. And these guys, especially not today, and these guys absolutely will grind to win a basketball game. And that's different than we have seen from Indiana basketball for a long time. And he's got guys who are willing to sacrifice of themselves for the team to win. And that the coaching staff deserves a ton of credit for that. And they deserve a ton of credit for the adjustments they made in the second half and the team for executing them. It was a great win. And I think easily the best of the Mike Woodson era. No question for me, this was the best one of the Mike Woodson era. And so congratulations to everybody involved. You get the bus ride home. Now let's start focusing on Iowa. Is this the best win since we beat Iowa to secure the Big Ten title in 2016? Probably. Probably. I mean, there have been like maybe, a, a, you know, you like, know, I would have said that about Michigan the home state in the Romeo I game, said that but about, it didn't end up meaning anything. No. And I would have said the home game against Purdue this year, but this tops it. I think I mean, yeah. the home game was great. The atmosphere, everybody running on the floor, like all that was great. This is a better win because yeah. they did it without your superstar going off. Everybody yeah. had to contribute. Everybody had to play defense. Everybody had to push those guys around. And I, I just absolutely think it, 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 it's, it's a better performance. And, and, you know, not as clean, not as flashy, but a better one. Yes, I agree. You Best know, yeah, I mean, you probably, you probably don't win this one if you hadn't won the two at home. You know, that obviously gives you confidence. 
Um, but I agree. I mean, this is just such a tremendous win, you know, and, and you kind of think about the themes of this season, Ryan, and you just hit on one, which is, you know, this team is different. This team is winning games that Indiana hasn't normally won, right? And you just, you know, you reflect back on the win at Michigan and the win at home against Illinois. When Indiana did not play their best, they had stretchers where they really didn't play well in those games, and they found a way to win anyway. You know, and there's a way to look at that where it's like, man, these close one possession games, is that Indiana getting a little bit lucky or is that them just being tough and mentally tough? Well, you go win at Purdue by eight points. Boy, it really helps, you know, kind of firm up the context for those games. Like, no, this is just a mentally and physically tough basketball team that can win these games. And, you know, look, coming into this, I mean, you know, we always do a, a thread in our community, you know, kind of with predictions. And I said, you know, I didn't. It, it, you know, Purdue was favored by eight. It felt like a game, you know, the most likely outcome is Purdue's probably going to win. You know, they're at home. Mackey's a tough place to play. You know, we're coming off this, you know, 15 point loss against Michigan State. So we've got some questions. So I, I do not want any credit for thinking Indiana was going to win because I didn't logically think Indiana was going to win this game. But what is different is I kind of had that nagging feeling all day long where it's like, are you sure? Because this team has shown that it can do some stuff this year. They beat them once. You know, I mean, it's not actually as out of the realm of possibility as you may think. I kind of had that little whisper in my ear, and that's different. And the reason why I felt like that is because this team has earned that kind of trust and kind of second guessing, you know, what you think might happen based on the predictions because they've got great players. They play together. They play hard. They're well coached. And this entire group just seems like it's really together because you don't go win at Mackey without all of those things coming together. It's a really good team. It's a really good program. You know, jokes aside, I mean, you know, hat tip to them. That's part of what makes this win so meaningful is how good they've been over the last few years. And it's freaking frustrating. And we all just want to tear our hair out because we want to be the program that people look at like this. Well, you know how you get there? You win games like tonight. Just tons of kudos to this team, to this program, I'm just, you know, I think as fans, we just want to be proud of our team, win or lose. But boy, when you can be proud in a win, <laughs> and when you can be proud in a win over your rival in their gym, there is nothing better than that. So awesome performance by Indiana tonight. Uh, just overjoyed at how well they played and looking forward to getting them back out on the court and seeing them play again. All right, that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call. If you if you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. And special thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. And, of course, thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU Hoops again with you on Tuesday after IU Iowa. Until then. Take it from me, Jared Morris. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. I put the wrong clip in there. It's okay. doesn't matter. We're all good. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come. This is Don Sony. Coach is coming. <laughs> Coach is coming from West Lafayette. He's got to be excited. I was wondering if he was going to pop on tonight, but I think he was. He said the Wi-Fi at Mackey Arena wasn't working very well. So. It's a dump. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say uh, our buddy Mark Titus was there tonight with his mom. He uh, he he went to the IU game with his dad. His mom played at Purdue. He went with her. Um, I have heard from Mark. He made it out alive. And uh, <laughs> I told him I'm buying him tickets to both of next year's IU Purdue games because clearly they win when he's in attendance. So we should fly him out. I think we should take a donation pile, fly him out, 
get him there. He's gonna be rooting yeah. for Purdue. He says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, <laughs> he I, I donor, won't say. I but... I won't reveal what he said to me. So. It's, uh, <laughs> um, uh, I don't want to leave. I just want to linger. Let's talk more. What other angles? Have highest plus minus tonight. Game? Highest plus minus tonight. Um. Without is this quiz, is this trivia time? Yeah. Miller Cop. Yeah, it's a good call. It's is it Miller Cop? 12. Oh, well done. Trace was second with 11. Mm. Uh, Huchifino was plus eight, which was the final margin because he played 40. So. All right. Who had the lowest plus minus on Purdue? Trivia uh, time. Lowest plus minus on Purdue? It shouldn't be hard. He's taking a few, uh, he's taking a few shots he, on the show already. Is it Ethan Morton? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was he? Uh, minus, minus 12. 12. Ooh, Ethan, minus ouch. Uh, well, I remember, in, so they've been talking about him like he's this amazing defensive stopper. The entire game at Assembly Hall, I was talking to the other journalists. I'm like, he's just hand-checking the whole time, right? Like, Because I, I talked to somebody who was like, yeah, he's a really good defender. He's got some length. He's going to guard Jalen probably. And the whole time he had two hands on him. The entire, he didn't do as much tonight. And, well, guess what well, happened? He didn't guard him as much. They put Newman no, on him in the second half. put Newman on him. But, but. Morton just has his hands all over him the entire game. And it, I'm like, is anybody else seeing this? Like, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I, again, he's a guy that, that Archie was absolutely devastated that I didn't get him. And I'm not, I'm not impressed. His body hasn't gotten any better. He looks, he, he still looks like he's in high school uh, size wise. You know, he hasn't really put on weight. He's, I don't know. I'll tell you the other you know, the other really meaningful part about this victory, um, and I know you know people don't like to dwell too much on the numbers and the analytics, but, you know, the analytics matter. Efficiency margin matters some in the net. You know, obviously, the you know, they look at some of the predictive metrics at the, as they're talking about seeding. And, you know, what really hurt about the Michigan State game, you know, again, I think we all understood the context of that game. Michigan State was probably going to beat anybody. But you would have liked to see the final result be closer because a 15-point loss to Michigan State when you're you know, only expected to lose by two hurts your efficiency metrics. And so Indiana dropped from, what were we, like 19th or 20th coming into that game? We dropped all the way to 26. Well, what do you need to do 19 to make... now? Yeah, 19-20. Uh, 20. Um, 20, 20 right now. You know, but So what do you need to do to make up for that? Well, you've got to go outperform expectations, and Indiana did that. I think on Ken Palm, Indiana was a seven or eight point underdog uh, here against Purdue, and they go win by eight, and so now that bumped Indiana right back up to twenty. Um, so really solidified because that that is another thing that had really helped Indiana's NCAA tournament resume is just being rock solid in all the metrics. You know, they were kind of in that eighteen to like twenty two, twenty three range, and this basically the damage that was done by the Michigan State loss that was erased by the win here. So no, another another reason season, why it was so meaningful. If you think about this season, they had a couple of disappointing wins, I would say, in December, just because the way they played, but against against lesser competition. You know, that was in that stretch where they were dealing with X being out and you know adjusting to that, and then race gets hurt and all. You know, but it, but in December, there were a couple of wins where you didn't feel good about the way they played. They still won the game. You're okay with that. But really, if you look at it, the only two games that were wildly disappointing were Kansas and Penn State are the only games you look at and you're the like first Rutgers game well the first but the first Rutgers game I mean with the, with the margin wasn't that bad was it yeah they beat us by I mean they bludgeoned us with, it was not well, I mean no, the way they the way they play I mean you're right about that but you know Rutgers also played like garbage on offense in for throughout most of that game so it kept it closer than it was that 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 game was closer than the score indicated I, or or was or was was wider than the score indicated yes. it should have been a 30 point 
you know, blowout. But it didn't wind up being, you know, as bad as that. I, I would agree. I think that one you could you could stack that one on there. Um, I guess it's just I completely expected that one, so I, it wasn't <laughs> totally disappointing to me. But you know, not showing up at Kansas, tough place to play, but not showing up in that game. But TJD also had back issues at that point. Jalen was still dealing with back issues, um, and then and then the Penn State game where they just got run, blown off the floor. Those are really the only two games where you're standing here looking at like what the hell happened there, you know. Yeah. And, and so again, massive improvement on the past, even last year, there were games where they'd win a game and you'd say, this team looks really good. And they come back and just have no idea what you were getting from them. I think there's some factors. I think one of them is that you have so many veterans on this team playing a ton of minutes and veterans tend to be more consistent. Um, It's not always the case, but it mostly is. Miller cop has been really consistent in what he does whether or not he makes a bunch of shots or not is the only factor that changes with him. He's going to play solid defense. He's going to get some, a couple of rebounds. He's going to move the ball. And And that's usually not up to him. (laughs) No, no. And, and he's going to, he's going to move the ball, find the open man. Trey Galloway has become far more consistent. Trace Jackson Davis is Trace Jackson Davis. Race Thompson, when he's been healthy, it hasn't been as good as the past year as last year, but he's been pretty consistent. And I just think that that's the, that's the thing with ending up with veterans is you wind up having a more consistent roster. And last year they had some veterans, but they were in a new system. So you're going to get ups and downs, just guys not fitting in. Um, it, it, it poses questions for next year because a lot of those veterans are going to be gone and a lot of your stars are going to be gone. So it poses questions how you replace them but right now. I'm not, even think, yeah, yeah. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm just loving the fact that there is consistency and that these guys do show up and they do play hard every game. And I think plenty of that credit goes to the coaching staff. I mean, these guys get themselves to play hard, but at the same time, the coaching staff has instilled it in them that if they do that, they win. And I will say that since Woody stepped on campus, I've never had a problem with this team's effort. They've been an isolated game or two where they didn't look great but I never questioned that they, you know, quit or anything. I've never thought that this team quit uh, in either of his two years. And uh, I can't say that about the past regime. Yep. Yeah. The the other thing I would just like, you know, I'm so happy for the kids that stuck around. Yeah, man. And, and, and Trace, I realized, God. How many Trace, demons has he exercised this year? <laughs> Trace and race, but I'm more specifically, but just about winning tonight. I mean, there are good Indiana teams, even some Bob Knight's good Indiana teams didn't win at Purdue. They, they, you know, there were three or four year stretches where they didn't win at Purdue under Bob Knight with some of his better teams. Mike I Woodson never Woodson, won at Purdue. Woodson, as I can say, Woody, Woody never won at, at Purdue. Yeah. Um, I don't even think he was, I he was 0 and 5 coming into the night. Yeah. And so just, but you know how much crap they've heard from the fan base about where they are, were compared to Purdue and why, you know, how bad Purdue was just, you know, dominating them. And, and for tonight, for them to go out on the road and win at Mackey, when you know darn well the trophy was there, it was just like the IU women the other day, the trophy was there, they were ready to cut down the nets and, and, and do the whole thing like the IU women did against Purdue last week um, when they would clinch the share, and we ruined that. That's to me, that's, I, know, I, I know I was a high school coach, I know I was a high school coach, but that was the kind of thing I would have looked at my kids in a locker room afterwards and be like, you may never, you may not win the Big Ten, but that's a memory nobody will ever be able to take from you. But you ruined that night for them. Yeah, you never want your rival to celebrate in front of you. That's right. Mm, nope. All right, guys, it's been real. Hey, All what's right. the I guess we have to end the show at some point. What's the blizzard? I mean, you're getting snow in San Diego. Oh yeah. So east of here, there's elevation about between two thousand and four thousand. 
and we're getting just a ton of rain here, but it never snows like that there. Like they'll get snow overnight. They'll get, you know, a couple inches or whatever. They got like two feet in a day or something. Jeez. And we were driving right through it. And, yeah. you know, we planned this trip months ago. So we're like, we're not going to fly. Let's just drive. It's straight. It's a straight shot to Arizona. It's six hours, but it's just a straight line essentially. And of course we got stuck in snow. It's uh, probably to go about 25 miles, took about an hour and a half, two hours to go 25 miles. So, but you know, it was with my parents. It was fun. We just, you know, <laughs> nerve wracking as hell, but fun. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, it, it dumped snow. I think uh, the, the actual mountains here where people go to ski got like three feet, you know, in, in uh, like 36 hours. Um, but yeah, it just wow. doesn't sound like, that. I mean, it was within, within the boundary of San Diego County. But San Diego County is pretty big, but it, within that boundary, it was as hard as I've ever seen the snow here. So, right. I mean, things LA, are changing. L- There's snow in San Diego. We're winning at Purdue. L.A. had blizzard warnings. I mean, L.A. <laughs> had blizzard warnings. So, yeah, the weather here has just been crazy. Crazy winter storm. Uh, just like everywhere, though. All right. Well, everybody, go enjoy your night. Celebrate this however you want to. Big win. Uh, hey. Jared, awesome real quick, um, do you need me to send you the link, or can you get into the StreamYard cast tomorrow without the link? I can get in. Okay, I'll send you I'll a run good. sheet in the morning. I'll send you a run sheet in the morning. Okay, awesome. Sounds good. Later, guys. Cool. See you. See y'all. Bye. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home... Yes, cool. ...or attending one live... You can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.